Hello and welcome to the Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian geek worldview. And today on the show, I'm talking about The Haunting of Bly Manor and also Castle Rock Season 1 and Season 2. I greatly enjoyed The Haunting of Hill House, which was the, uh, not prequel, but the, the previous series uh, created by the, the creators of The Haunting of Bly Manor. And also Castle Rock, it got cancelled recently, so Season 1 and Season 2 is the whole series, unfortunately. And so I'm going to talk about those two seasons and uh, where where that series was at as a whole. I'm not going to review either of these shows in the kind of traditional three-act structure that I review a lot of stuff in, uh, just because I... I mainly, I just got some points that I, I want to talk about with these different shows, and I'm going to talk about those points, and it may not be as, uh, maybe quite as structured as some of my regular reviews are. Uh, that said, let's just jump into The Haunting of Blind Man. There you are. Now let's come up with a story. I know what loss is. Your parents loved you so, so much. In a way, they'll always be here. The Haunting of Bly Manor. A young governess is hired by a man to look after his niece and nephew after at their family country house after they fall into his care. Soon after arriving at the Bly Estate, she begins to experience strange occurrences and a grim history begins to unravel. And this history may have to do with ghosts and dead people and, and all that kind of stuff. Now, in case you didn't listen, I'm pretty sure I released a review of the, the first season. This isn't the second season, actually. I'm pretty sure I released a review of The Haunting of Hill House. That series was fantastic. That was a amazing horror series with such a great focus on character development. Man, I I loved the the characters that they were building there and the family dynamic and, and that they kind of built up in that series and where that series went. It was so fantastic. It was so effectively emotional and so effectively creepy and scary blending all that together in such a really really cool way i loved the haunting of hill house so when i heard okay they're not gonna do a season two it's like oh okay i mean a little bit of a bummer but not too big of a bummer because it did end in a good spot for the the ending of that season i think that said uh you know making Another series by some of the same creators, Mike Flanagan's involved in here, who was a, a big influence on the first season, and a fantastic horror director, if you haven't seen Oculus and Hush and The Haunting of Hill House. So having these people back to to direct and, and, and make this another series, based on another book, you know, this time The Turning of the Screw, and, you know, based on another book about a haunting, haunted house kind of story... I was excited because I was I was locked in, ready for another intense kind of thrill ride, dramatic thrill ride that that first season was, and this it it, it gave it to me to an extent, but I mean just to let the cat out of the bag, 
I was let down by this season. This season, in my opinion, was not nearly as good as the first season. Uh, now, part of this might be that uh, a family relationship is is a is a relationship that can really connect with me in in media. So, if you have a really kind of good, strong family relationship in in media, that's something that I can connect with really well. And this has that to a, a much lesser extent. There's some kind of family relationships going on, but not as much, not as heavily emphasized as that that first season. Uh, but even moving on from that, I think I think the characters are are well done for the most part. I enjoyed them. The the, the you know the lady coming in and seeing oh all this crazy stuff what's going on and her having to deal with that while simultaneously having to deal with you know some ghosts of her past quote unquote and so you know there's some kind of she comes into the series already kind of haunted and then coming into this this house that is literally haunted uh, it's it kind of makes for an interesting dynamic there the kids are interesting that I I think the actors do a, a, a decent enough job the the kid actors you know portraying the the characters that they're portraying I think the series is a, is maybe a little bit dragged out I don't know it's it's only like eight episodes long so it's not even like it's it's super long or anything but it it felt like some of the the development of the kids was just kind of starting to repeat itself in the series a little bit, which was uh, a little bit disappointing. Some of the housekeepers, honestly, were were probably the best characters. You have Raul Coley as Owen, and you have Tania Miller as Mrs. Gross, and both those were were great. I really enjoyed both of those characters. And I think they're probably, honestly, the maybe the best part of the series as far as the, the characters go. Uh, the, the horror story. Okay, this is the part that I liked. I liked the haunting story. I liked the ghost story that they were telling in this season. Because I, I think it's really interesting. I think that, like, like I haven't read... The Turning of the Screw. I don't know really what goes on in that book. Uh, and I, I have seen The Turning earlier this year, but honestly, when I was watching this, there was like occasionally something that would pop up that would remind me, oh yeah, that was kind of like that movie I saw earlier. But honestly, I forgot that so much of that movie that I don't... It, it didn't really spoil the surprise for me. And so, you know, as far as if this follows the book or if anything, I don't know. But I really enjoyed the haunting aspect of this movie, the horror aspects of this movie, the ghost story, what's going on there, the background there. It's explained a lot more, I would say, probably in this one than it was in The Haunting of Hill House, though uh, the things that they did explain in The Haunting of Hill House were spectacular. Uh, it's, it's explained more in detail why this house is haunted, why this house is so screwed up, and, and those kind of things. And all those aspects of it are fantastic, honestly. Like, th that stuff I really enjoyed. Some of the character dynamics I enjoyed, but then such a big focus of this season, such a big focus of this series. I couldn't just shouldn't call it a season because it's not technically a season two. It's a, a series two to what will probably be kind of an ongoing 
uh, anthology kind of series. But such a, a big focus of this series is a homosexual relationship. There's a, a, a lesbian relationship, you know, between two girls as they fall in love and, you know, oh, it, it was actually, it was more of a love story all along is kind of how the series turns out, which is immediately kind of docked points, in my opinion, for being such a huge, uh, for, for such a, a huge focus on the, the, again, the lesbian relationship, technically there was a lesbian relationship in the first series, in The Haunting of Hill House, but that really wasn't the focus. It was kind of there, and it was like, okay, yeah, that's there. They're, they're trying to promote this. They're trying to say, hey, this is okay and this is good, right? And so that is a negative of that first season. But this one, it's such the focus, and it's such like, Oh, wow, look at these characters. They're falling in love. Two girls falling in love. It's a great and wonderful thing kind of thing. And uh, if you read the Bible, that is so explicitly stated that that is not a good thing and that that is actually an abominable thing. Uh, if you want to hear me go a little bit deeper into uh, homosexuality and the Bible, check out my Last of Us Part 2 review. Uh, and if you're not interested in video games, it's uh, one of the first things I, t I talk about in the podcast, I think, so you won't have to listen too much about video games in order to get my thoughts on that. I should release that as its own like little separate segment or something, so I can kind of have that apart from video games, so the people that listen that aren't interested in video games can find that easier, maybe. But anyway, that being such the huge focus here does kind of drag it down because it means I it, it, I can't I'm not going to connect to these characters as well. They eh, they do a decent enough job, I guess, at trying to to show you these two characters slowly falling in love or whatever. But it's it's I don't know. It, it's more the Hollywood romance than anything I would say probably. And Hollywood romance with uh, with homosexual characters, which, uh, you know, will drag it down a, a little bit more also, in my opinion. the I do wish that they focused more on some of the horror, <laughs> you know? I wish, because, because by the time the series ends, it really is less of a horror series and more of a kind of romantic drama kind of series, which is uh, just disappointing right off the bat right there in my opinion now they do have a bunch of hidden ghosts something i loved in the first series is all the hidden ghosts you get in this series there's hidden ghosts everywhere you look at the window there's like some weird ghost standing out there watching you you look and there's behind a door when she turns around in one scene there's like this ghost thing with a weird mask looking thing behind there most of these you don't even see like i had to look up and i could see oh my goodness there was so many of these ghosts that i never even seen watching it i caught some of them and then some of them they make more obvious you know of course but it's like that is such a cool little thing you know that's something that i always thought you know what would be cool is if you had a movie and like in every scene there was like you know, the, the like a ghost movie or something, and in every scene, there was the ghost, or, you know, he was in the background, or he was standing back there, or something, you know, and they pretty much did that, you know, they pretty much did that in the first season, and carry that on into this one, and just, 
almost every scene, there's some ghost somewhere standing in the background or something that's, you know, kind of obscured, kind of hard to see or something. But then it's like suddenly you see somebody's hand sticking out over here, somebody's face over there in the background. It's like, what in the world? That's very creepy and eerie, but a, a really cool kind of... Just a really cool thing, man. Cool Easter egg. Cool to find them. And even if you miss them, it's, it's cool that all those things are hidden in there. I, I love that aspect of it. Now, overall, would I recommend The Haunting of Bly Manor? Well, that's it's it's the there's such a, a strong emphasis on homosexuality and the kind of uh, positive nature of that, you know, where it's like, hey, this is a good thing kind of thing. Uh, definitely makes it harder to recommend for me. Uh, you know, you, you, if you watch this, I guess I would just say, you know, be aware of that going into it. And, uh, you know, if, if you're going into it with, uh, you know, with somebody else or, or with somebody younger or something, this isn't a series for, for younger people. But if you're going into that, you know, it's, it's something to be aware of. It's something to, to think about. And it's, it's something to, to have your brain on and to be thinking about while you're watching it because it is trying to convince you that this is a good thing and a wholesome thing and a, a, a good kind of family love kind of story ultimately is what this is trying to convince you it is and it is not so uh, be aware of that, but that said, there's some aspects that I really liked. There is some character relationships that I liked, and there is the the ghost story. I think is fantastic. Like I really, the the way they set up and executed why all these ghosts are here and what they're doing and everything, I think is very cool and very interesting. Again, I think the series is a little dragged out. We see things uh, multiple times that I think. You know, maybe we could have seen a couple times, but it's just, it's, again, it seems like it's a little dragged out at a couple points. But overall, uh, I, I enjoyed my time watching this series, but it, it's, it's nowhere even remotely as good as The Haunting of Hill House. I've seen things. Helix Podcast is a proud member of the Christian Geek Central Network, a hub of all kinds of cool Christian geeky stuff from around the web, all funneled to ChristianGeekCentral.com. Check it out. All right, now we're going to talk about Castle Rock Season 1 and Season 2. Young man, who are you? What's your name? We got no records of you. How'd you get inside this prison? Who put you down that hole? What brings you home? I got a call from Shawshank. I found a kid in the cage. Call from who? Don't know yet. Castle 
Rock. Based on the stories of Stephen King, this series intertwines a bunch of different characters and stories from his books all into one fictional town, Castle Rock, that is apparently in a bunch of his books and stuff. I haven't really read much of Stephen King's books. I've read enough to know that I'm not a big Stephen King book fan, personally. Uh, just uh, his style, is it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way sometimes, and so I'm not crazy about his style of, of writing, but I think his stories are very interesting, and so when somebody makes a movie or, or a TV series based on one of his stories, it makes me curious. It makes me go, oh, okay, I like Stephen King's stories, and so I, I, I want to check this out. So a friend of mine who's also a fan of Stephen King, probably a bigger fan of Stephen King than me, and he says, dude, you got to watch Castle Rock. You like the Stephen King stories, right? And he's like, yeah, you, you got to watch Castle Rock. So I watched the first two seasons of Castle Rock here, and then I, I just saw the other day that now it's canceled. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to review this whole series, what is the whole series now, and talk about these. And I really enjoyed this series. Now this, if you don't know, this is an anthology-ish series. Each season is tells its own story, but they're both, both seasons are set in this town with, you know, some uh, intertwined stuff going on in there because they're set in the same town. Personally, I wish it was slightly more intertwined than it was, but, uh, but that element is there. Now, I'm going to talk about each season a little bit separately because, as I said, it's it's uh, kind of an anthology-ish kind of thing. And so there's uh, very different storylines kind of going on from the first season to the second season. So the first season is about a detective that comes into town and he is investigating a... Is he a detective? He's more like a lawyer. He's a lawyer. Uh, anyway, he comes into town and he's uh, representing this character that they found in a cage in an abandoned spot in the prison and it's it's weird weird stuff's going on so <laughs> so they discover this guy he's he's stuck in this cage uh just in a, a part of the prison that you know it supposedly nobody's been to for years but somebody's been keeping this kid in a cage in here why what in the world's going on does this kid have some kind of supernatural thing going on with him or, or is he just a normal kid that's just kind of weird or what what in the world is going on here and that is the mystery of the first season figuring out what is up with this kid why is he locked in a cage why is weird stuff going on since he broke out why is havoc so suddenly seeming to to just pop out of the seams all over the place now that he's out of there you know, just what in the world is going on. This series, man, the, the mystery that they string you along with here is fantastic. From the beginning to the end, you're wondering what in the world's going on. You're getting pieces of information, which leads to bigger questions, and, and on and on. Very well set up story, leading you to the next point, to the next point, to the next point, until you finally figure out, oh, okay, this is what's going on. And I, I, I liked the answer that they had, though they, uh, th they kind of answer it and then twist the knife, you know, they jab the answer knife in and then twist it a little bit. And so it's like, okay, I, <laughs> I like 
where it ends up. Without spoiling anything, I like where it ends up, but then there's still kind of some questions that I, I have about it that I'm, yeah, I'm not 100% knowing what in the world is going on. But <laughs> that said, I loved the mystery in this. The kid is played by Bill Skarsgård. You never, I don't think you ever learn his name. He's always just that kid that was in a cage. So Bill Skarsgård, if you didn't know, he's the same guy that played It. He's the same guy that played Pennywise the Clown in the, the most recent It movies. Uh, so he already kind of has a Stephen King connection there, which is kind of cool. But he is so creepy, man. <laughs> the way he just stands there, he has this hunched over way that he stands, and then the way that he walks, and the way that he looks at people, it is so creepy. Like, as no wonder this is the guy they chose to be a creepy clown, you know? And uh, <laughs> and then, of course, they cover him all up with makeup and prosthetics and stuff for that. This, it's just him, but he is still just this big, like, creepy-looking dude, you know? <laughs> but it's fantastic. Like the 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 kind of line that he pulls off between seemingly possibly being innocent but also possibly being like the devil or something absolutely horrible is like fantastic. Uh you know, and so like like trying to figure out who is this guy what what in the world is going on? It's just fantastic fantastic stuff. Uh some of the characters in here, I liked the uh the lawyer type guy, his name is Andre Holland, playing Henry. Uh, really good. Like they they do a great job at uh, at giving this guy kind of the the mystery to solve, and then drawing his character out uh, while you know trying to figure out who this character, this other character is. You know, and then you you know he has kind of a backstory that's in Castle Rock, and you kind of learn about that as you're. Uh, as he's going through in the the present day, which is interesting. He's there taking care of his mother, who's also another interesting character in here. And then his mother has a boyfriend, who's another interesting character. So, so just some good, interesting characters and some good, interesting relationships going on uh, throughout the series as a whole. It's, it's kind of creepy. It's kind of eerie. It's never what I would consider. It's a horror series, but it's never what I would consider particularly scary. Uh, it's more of just the, the airy, creepy kind of atmosphere that, that hangs over this whole city and this whole series kind of as a whole that I think is really well done. And I, I really enjoyed throughout this this both these seasons here so i watched through that first season and i'm like fantastic oh uh by the way the shawshank redemption so the shawshank prison that is the that they go to in shawshank redemption plays a large role in this movie also which is is kind of cool that's a very obvious connection to stephen king uh this one was a this season is it's not light on Stephen King connections by any means. There's tons of Stephen King connections, tons of Stephen King references and stuff. But you don't get, like, one of the main Stephen King characters, at least that I know, uh, in that first season. But you do in the second season. So, season two, Annie Wilkes comes to town, played by Lizzie Kaplan. And my goodness, does Lizzie Kaplan do a fantastic job at Annie Wilkes, because, I mean, Annie Wilkes, uh, in case you don't know, she's the, the main kind of villainous character, she's the lady from Misery, you know, the lady with the big hammer, yeah, that is Annie Wilkes, and so, the, like, I, I watched 
Because when I was watching season one, I knew Annie Wilkes was going to pop up. The lady from Misery was going to pop up in season two. And so I was like, okay, I need to watch that. I watched Misery and then I went right into season two. And man, Lizzie Kaplan just kind of nails a younger version of Annie Wilkes. And you can totally see how this character that she's playing here can develop into that character that we saw, you know, on the big screen way back then. Even though it's not technically the same character. It's 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 the same character, but it's not the same version of the character, right? Because that one took place, like, in present day, in, like, the 90s or whatever, uh, whenever that movie was released. Whereas this one takes place with a younger Annie Wilkes in present day, and so she'll, you know, go and uh, kidnap the dude uh, a little later on. But she comes into town... She has a daughter, and it's absolutely fascinating. Because after after watching Misery, I was like, I was really curious about some of the backstory of Annie Wilkes because I, I think she's an interesting character. She's kind of a, a scary kind of character that has this kind of you know bipolar nature of of loving motherly switching to very uh, angry and dangerous kind of character, you know. And, and she kind of flips back and forth between those two, and you you see that here you see her kind of dealing with that here you see her with a daughter here dealing with the with you know how raising a daughter and stuff which is is very interesting and it was something i wondered about after watching the movie like does she did she have kids or you know like like i don't know she talks a little bit about her past in the movie but it, it's very vague and it's also like was she lying about it or not you know, was kind of a question in the movie to me. So I was like, okay, I, I didn't really know. And this, you know, I don't know if this is accurate to the books at all, but this, I think, is a really good, interesting origin story for Annie Wilkes that I really, really enjoyed. Like, man, Lizzie Kaplan just does an absolutely fantastic job as this character. Like, seriously, just fantastic job. And, and once again, the story with her developing her from... You know, where she is at the beginning of the series to the end of the series is just awesome. Just so, so good. Uh, and then, because there's other Stephen King stuff going on, it's not just Annie Wilkes, even though she's kind of the main character now of this second season. Uh, now there's, like, there's there's witches and, and all that kind of stuff going on now. So there's this whole other aspect of sci-fi kind of stuff going on, sci-fi fantasy kind of stuff going on in this season that is also very interesting. It's it's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, it's kind of weird that Annie Wilkes is mixing with that stuff just because, uh, just because she is in her movie, she doesn't have anything to do with, like, supernatural witches or anything of that nature, you know? There's nothing really fantasy or sci-fi about her story. It's it's very much grounded in reality, where now her origin story in this series is very much not grounded in reality, very fantastical, uh, but also very well done. It's the kind of thing where, when it started off, and, and they're like, there's, like, witches and stuff or something, and I'm like... Okay, you know, interesting, okay, but why? Why is this a thing? Why is, like, you know, some of these things were popping up, but the main story was still focusing on Annie Wilkes and her daughter and the kind of mission that they set her off on the beginning of the season here. And so I'm, I'm at first I was just kind of going, why are the, the witches even here? Like, why is that storyline even here? And then once you get maybe halfway through the series, 
there's like, bang, some revelations, bang, some things that really start pushing that storyline forward in ways that are very interesting and that ultimately is like, okay, now I, I understand why that's there and I think it's very interesting and very well done. I, I really enjoyed that whole kind of storyline. And then along with Lizzie Kaplan, there is another family that gets introduced in this season that you get the impression was very influential in this town and that, you know, they, they have a big role in, you know, why this town the is the way that it is. But then with that, there's also some Almost seemingly like, uh, you know, Godfather type gangster type stuff going on. While not, definitely not pushing it to that extent, there's almost that kind of dynamic going on at certain points with this other family that I think is is very interesting. They they build up that relationship between that family in a, a very interesting way that I was. I was always curious to see where that was going to go, and it's I, I liked it ultimately. I mean, Lizzie Kaplan is the, the focus of the, the series for sure, but that, that storyline was very major throughout here too, and it was there was some definitely some very interesting stuff going on there as well. Overall, this second season, uh, I'm going to say it's not quite as good as the first season. That that first season is so focused. It's, just, it's so just like this kid comes out of nowhere, what in the world's going on, figuring out that mystery and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's it's very focused, whereas this season is slightly more sporadic. You got, like, you know, you got the the Lizzie Kaplan storyline with her daughter. You got this family kind of storyline with the, you know, some things going on between these guys. And then you got the witches storyline, which all converge together well, but it's a bit more sporadic than they all come together well. Uh, that's so... I think I do like the first season the best. That said, I think that the the way like Lizzie Kaplan played, you know, Annie Wilkes here was just phenomenal, and I I, I did really really enjoy this second season as well. Man, I was very disappointed to hear this series got canceled because this series it was awesome. Man, it's bringing together all these different weird Stephen King kind of stories all together in ways that I thought were awesome. Man, there is so much potential for this series to just go nuts with it, you know? Bring in the gunslinger from the Dark Tower, you know? Bring in, uh, you know, Pennywise the Clown. Bring in some of these different elements into this story. Weave a bigger narrative, you know? I, I almost think it was the wrong choice to make it as much of an, as an anthology as it was. I think they should have, well, just, they should have changed main characters and then brought still brought some of those other characters into the next season and just make everything even more woven together than it was and i think potentially that could have happened in the future uh had this series kept going but i think i think there was just so much potential with this and i i really really loved these first two seasons that it's so disappointing to see it get canceled that said if you want to watch it watch it you know it's it's like each season ends in its own singular satisfying way and so it's like it's it's still worth watching despite the fact that it got canceled too soon uh but 
it's again, it, it could have had so much potential to build up these different storylines and these different seasons and maybe, you know, make these kind of crossover, make the Avengers Endgame of Stephen King, I guess. That's almost what this series is, I guess. But, uh, but you know, make all these kind of crossover and make these characters interact with each other a little more, mesh all these kind of storylines together even more to make something even cooler and crazier in the future. They totally could have done it. And I. I bet that is what they were working their way towards, you know? I think that is totally what they were working their way towards. But unfortunately, it's they, they, didn't, they didn't get there because now they've been canceled. But if you like Stephen King's stories, watch the first two seasons. They're on Hulu. They're great. I really, really enjoyed Castle Rock. And they call it People say Lonesome Town Every inch of this town where the broken heart stays is stained with someone's sin. And the only price you pay. I always thought the devil and was just a metaphor. God help me, I did. There you go. A couple horror series that I've been watching recently. I just, uh, after those, I just started watching The Boys, which is a, uh, not offbeat superhero-ish kind of series where the superheroes are just like super duper evil and then you have people trying to take down the superheroes. I mean, technically they're just kind of super villains masquerading as superheroes. It's such a uh, screwed up weird series, but it's, it's, it's incredibly fun for the first few episodes here that I've seen. So I'll probably be watching more of that. If I may or may not review that in the future. Uh, I don't know. It, 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 it totally depends on, uh, whatever in the future. I don't know, but it's <laughs> coming up soon here on the show. Hopefully there'll be a review of Spider-Man Miles Morales. I might talk about the Mandalorian season two when that wraps up because I've been watching that. I, I love the Mandalorian. That's such a cool series. Uh, and also the next episode in the best of the decade series should be coming up not too long from now. That'll probably be the next episode, honestly. So, that's it for this time, guys. This is David Aronson of the Helix Reviews Podcast, signing off. See you next time, guys.